I'm sorry I haven't seen every single anime you have. I'm sorry that my anime taste is pedestrian. I'm sorry I'm not kawaii enough. I'm sorry I don't speak Japanese fluently enough. I'm sorry I was born in the United States. I'm sorry I've never been to Japan, but I'm glad your parents are rich enough that you have. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm, so I'm sorry that I can't afford as many samurai swords as you. I'm sorry I had to work my ass off over the summer just to buy a simple katana. I'm sorry I don't have any Japanese ancestry. I'm sorry I'm not Japanese enough for you. <laughs> everybody, I'm Hal. And I'm Pax. And this is Brotakus, the show where two guys who love anime do a deep dive on what is and isn't worth watching. We believe you don't need to have an, a major in anime studies to celebrate this wild, beautiful, and strange art form. And we're lucky to have you on this journey with us. Thank you for everybody who has rated us on your favorite podcasting app, commented on our pages, and has sent us, sent, sent us mail, <laughs> who has sent us mail. Oh my yes. God. We love you very much. We love you very, it's a deep personal parasocial relationship. We've created a totemic ideal of what you, the listener, represent. Mm -hmm. And every day we go home, we grind out these podcasts in service of that shining wooden god with the goat head. Shout out our goat listeners. You're the goats. Mm -hmm. oh, you are Christ. the goats. It is a minute into the podcast and my brain is already m -m 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 melting. Mush. All right. <laughs> How so, are you doing, Hal, today? How are uh, you doing? <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. I got my headband on. Majin Vegeta nice. sitting behind me. I'm having a great time. It is eight o'clock and I Hell am yeah. vibing. What about you, Pax? I am all right. I am all right. I was in a deep dark place. Mm -hmm. Listeners, I was in I was in the the valley in Lion King about to be trampled by v wildebeest. Hilda, wildebeest. By wildebeest and all manner of evil evil nature. Um and then through a little pre-show chat, Hal has pulled me out of the abyss and we're looking ahead to the bright beautiful future. Very little very little do we want for in this world. So many needs met. We got food, water, shelter, rooftop, and anime. The, Absolutely. The main, that's the food pyramid, baby. Yeah. <laughs> now, something that uh, our, our listeners very much enjoyed was something that we should have been doing for a long ass time was like a little news corner, Brotaku's news corner. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus fuck my brain! No, that's right. right. That's right. We, we are having a little news corner. It's called What's New in Animu? And we've got a few special announcements for what's happening in uh, anime pop culture, what's happening in the world right now. We want to keep everyone current and up to date on okay. what is happening in the world of anime. And Pax, you sent me a really cool article about a new show that is causing a bit of a stir in, uh, in mainstream culture right now. And yeah. uh, tell me why. Tell me what it's called. Tell me what it's about. And why do people uh, have such strong opinions about it? Yeah, sure. So, so this is something where some all-time like classic anime have been merged from the from like the combination of African American culture and like Eastern fucking anime. You have like shows like Samurai Champloo with an amazing. Um, 
uh, like hip hop inspired soundtrack. Uh, producers like Nunjabes uh, bringing out like huge revolutions and creating like lo-fi hip hop beats to relax slash chill to. You have great shows like Afro Samurai, like contributing to the culture with amazing fights and choreography. And then the West has given that love back with uh, things like the RZA in the RZA movie, The Man with the Iron Fist, which is a full like hip hop anime rap inspired soundtrack. Just a lot of love and merging there. And so um, one great historical kind of quirk of that is that there was once a black samurai, a black samurai named Yasuke, who was brought to Japan as part of like <clears throat> trading ships and things like that, and eventually served as a, a retainer to uh, one of these <clears throat> high lords in this period. And with some oh my god some big names attached to this project yasuke is being adapted into an anime and do you have any of those details for us Hal? okay yeah so i actually have an article uh this is from polygon.com and we kind of it talks a little bit about how netflix reve- revealed its first look at the new african uh samurai so it's a new show it's coming to netflix it is coming out on April 29th, it's going to have six episodes, and it's just a little bit about the first African samurai warrior. He was a real person. It's going to be set in an alternate and fantastical version of feudal Japan. And it's going to be, uh, the anime follows the story of Yasuke as he's pulled back into his violent samurai past in order to protect a mysterious girl from some kind of evil forces. Um, and <laughs> that's pretty much it. You know, it's a pretty good story. Great hook. Interesting character, historical context, all the things that you love in a show. And yet, and yet. Yep, 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 yep. There, <laughs> There's always this bullshit, man. There's yeah, 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 yeah. There's a strange uh, idea among, among certain people <laughs> that, like, progr- being progressive is, is, um, literally anything that is not what you are so like they're like hey um you know i get it like i'm not racist i'm not racist but uh i just want to exist in a world without black people okay (laughs) like i saw one guy say um (laughs) but i just want to exist in a world right (laughs) oh my god i saw one person post on facebook be like wow you know like i'm not racist but uh i just really hate when they shove it down our throats like this talking about a black samurai as in like there is no way there is no way in hell that there was a black samurai at any point in the real world they were like "Mm -mm, absolutely not can't happen jesus was white uh there are no black samurai and the tooth fairy is real i believe these things to my core and and it's like people get angry people have gotten angry (laughs) over the fact that like in the middle of I, i think it has to do with you know this the black lives matter movement it has mm-hmm. to do with um uh y- y- all of the call for action um with this with this new civil rights movement um there are people who now look for that kind of action in anything and they're like if there's a black person he's probably doing something i don't like and that is what that is the problem surrounding yasuke right now yeah, yeah. No, I mean, those are great points. It's just, it's, it reminds me of Lucy with, uh, the football in terms of the moving goalposts. Cause at first yes. it's like, I, the silver turfer, am issuing a new video essay on my channel, uh, on YouTube about why Game of Thrones should not have, uh, Negronis in them. And then it's like, uh, they did not exist in Europe. And it's like, oh, no, they brought a bunch there too, actually. <laughs> and it's yeah. like, they did not exist in, in my Europe. And it's like, what, what's your Europe? What's your Europe? Well, well, you know, now they're invading. It's a, an all white country. Uh, so, 
you're so so it's bad to bring your race other places is that something you could tell the europeans <laughs> like it's like and then the football just gets moved and moved until like you said you get to this point of like yeah no i'm uh, i'm i'm fine with i'm fine with black people like i'm fine with gay people just as long as they're not black around me just right go right, right right go as black long as i don't Africa, have as long, as long as <laughs> so i love to see them we don't yeah. have a problem yeah. Um, and so, so the show's created by like LaShawn Thomas, who headed up like Dy- Dynamite and the Boondocks. Um, it's cr- co-created with Mappa, who's doing Jujutsu Kaisen, which people are going crazy about. Flying Lotus is involved. Lakeith Stanfield, star of Sorry to Bother You, is attached to the project, going to be voicing Yasuke. Like, it looks extremely promising. And yet, there, of course, are now a more and more and more vocal minority of people who are outraged that a black character is the nerve to be drawn. <laughs> like, I, I hate it. Yeah. Oh, God. So... That's Yasuke. Uh, but but next up, um, if we were doing a, you know, real or fake anime, as we are wont to do, and I were to tell you, I think I did at some point, that uh, the, in a world where the, the great Satan demon is fighting with the Arch Princess of Light, suddenly as the final blow is struck between them, a huge temporal space-time rift opens, and the great demon king is transported to modern-day Tokyo, where he has no powers and is forced to survive to work in a fast-food shop named Mig Ronalds. <laughs> if I told you that, I think that I might have included in a, in a real or fake, and I think you might have said fake. Um, I think I would if you told me that now. But that show is real, and it was the Good. 2015 smash hit The Devil is a Part-Timer, and it's one of these shows where it comes out with like a, a one-season thing, everybody falls in love with it, it's dope, and then it just drops off the face of the earth, and you never hear about it again. Word. And people are always like, is there going to be a season two? Is there going to be a season two? And yet somehow, five years later, Devil is a Part-Timer season two has been announced, so... That's coming through. More Satan working at McDonald's. Fantastic. Uh, you know, with it. And that's see everything that, that I need in my life. A little little Satan, a little McDonald's, everything yes. that I want, all my food groups. Next up, we have <laughs> the cast list for Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. That's right. Netflix unveiled the English and Japanese cast members, a new story synopsis, a new teaser visual, and new stills for the Resident Evil Infinite Darkness CG anime series last Thursday. Oh, CG. It is. It is computer okay, generated. Okay. So, um, so basically, it describes a series. It's you know, uh, Leon S. Kennedy, survivor of the Raccoon City tragedy, suddenly comes back and meets Claire Redfield, another survivor of the Raccoon City tragedy. And what do they have to fight? <gasps> zombies. But where did the zombies come from? Who made them? Was it Umbrella? Probably, but we're not going <laughs> to tell you. And that's basically the story of Resident Evil Infinite Darkness. But we're still excited to see it. I'm a huge Resident Evil stan. I'm hyped for it. And I love that it has that anime feel uh, to it. Resident Evil, I'm I'm very hopeful and a little dubious because like, I'm, I'm a Resident Evil stan too. I love the movies, love some of the series. And yet... um my favorite Resident Evil game ever is Resident Evil 7. The one that Biohazard? was the most recent. Yeah, 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 yeah. Biohazard. Where, where they're with in like, the Louisiana. Vi- I've been replaying Ooh, that with my roommate. And, like, it's such it's a good so game. Good. And I can't wait for Resident Evil Village, Village. to come out. Oh, yeah. baby. Because this, this return to roots is so amazing because those people who follow Resident Evil know it like started as you know a, a kind of like a corny but like third-person shooter where your bullets are sparse and you know it's very you know scary. And then by like the sixth game, you're like just these roided out CIA agents with you know an Uzi in one hand, a bazooka, and other blowing away tentacle monsters left and right. 
and kind of lost the train there. So I like that the games are kind of returning to roots. And if we get some of the crazy bullshit in Resident Evil Infinite Darkness, I'm totally down for that. Absolutely. Absolutely. But there's one more piece of info that we want to share with everyone. It has to do with an infamous site that usually has uh, just bombs of infamy yeah. and, and disgusting content on it. Tell me, Pax, what's happening with Reddit today? So what's happening with Reddit is that um, one of my favorite posters of all time, who I is like the only um, one of one of the few like people I follow on Reddit, uh, kind of set r slash rant on fire the other day because of one of his patented posts. And I'm just gonna let our, the, our um, rant. Which rant? It's just r slash rant. So you could like get things off your chest. Oh, I thought you were like saying. That. We ranted about oh, something because ooh. we do. And no, he was like, works. yo, bro, Takus, I've got some <laughs> shit for you. You better listen the fuck up. Well, so, so follow me on this one. This is r slash rant. R slash is how every subreddit begins. Okay. So this is um, an important thing posted on here. It'll tug at your heartstrings. This is a, a post by a man whose name will reveal at the end. Title, I'm sorry I'm not Japanese enough. The body goes on to say. I'm sorry I'm not Japanese enough for you. I'm sorry I don't look Japanese enough. I'm sorry I don't use chopsticks when I eat enough. I'm sorry I don't like sushi, as if that's all Japanese people eat. I'm sorry I haven't seen every single anime you have. I'm sorry that my anime taste is pedestrian. I'm sorry I'm not kawaii enough. I'm sorry I don't speak Japanese fluently enough. I'm sorry I was born in the United States. I'm sorry I've never been to Japan, but I'm glad your parents are rich enough that you have. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, so I'm, so I'm sorry that I can't afford as many samurai swords as you. <laughs> I'm sorry I had to work my ass off over the summer just to buy a simple katana. I'm sorry I don't have any Japanese ancestry. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm not Japanese enough for you. And so as with all of Dennis Miller 2024's posts, this is an expert piece of troll bait, but this subreddit explodes with people enraged. People who d either don't understand what's being said here, or people who are just like, I'm sorry you don't have Japanese ancestry, what is this post about? Uh, <laughs> so... This probably shouldn't be in the news corner, but it was the best news I received all week that this post exists. Um, and so, thank God, we are Dennis very Miller. Sorry. Thank God for Dennis Miller. Thank God for Dennis Miller 2024. Um, and, uh, and, and very sorry to, to the, all of the discourse that followed from this. I could recap it, but you could imagine what it was. And um, I, I'm very sorry people got upset at this post, but uh, <laughs> this one made my week. So, so shout out to a real one. Shout out to Brotaka's super fan, Dennis Miller Absolutely. 2024. Absolutely. With that. That is the end of the Brotaku's News Corner for the week. Um, but we have a fucking topic for the week, right, Hal? Absolutely. And the topic for today is something that I think everyone has sort of discussed with each other in hushed corners and their little weeb mm. closets. Um, everyone has discussed this with each other. And in anime, one moment 
can define a character's entire journey, as well as mm. our journey with them. Uh, that moment usually comes in the form of an insane battle with a rival, the explosive awakening of a hidden power, or a deep betrayal that turns a hero's world upside down. And these moments mm. live on in our hearts, and they get our pulses pounding when we watch them again and again. And we all have our favorites. These are the moments that we talk about, you and I, every other weeb out there. These are the moments that we remember watching our heroes face down the odds in these critical times and what we can only refer to as the hypest moments <clears throat> in anime. To be hyped or to hype someone up means to stimulate or to excite. So what we are doing today is we are going over a short list of iconic moments in mainstream, specifically mainstream shown in anime. The shows that you've most likely seen out there, uh, the shows that you most likely think of when you think of anime like Naruto, Dragon Ball, uh, Attack on Titan, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure, things mm -hmm. like that. That's what we're doing. We're taking iconic moments from the show and we're listing our top five and we're saying, is it underrated or is it overrated? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so this is the, um, these top five are things that like we think are pretty symbolic of like what, what the most normal anime loving gentlemen and, and gentlewomen <laughs> would, would go to. And ladies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we have, we have a lot of, um, we, we have like a lot of deep cuts that we could throw up on here that we might say for a personal list someday, but these are like kind of the five most, you know, iconic hype moments in some of these big shows that, that we've prepared for you. And so, uh, with that said, uh, do we, do we have any preamble that we got to go or can we go into it? Let's just go right into it. Here with we that go. Said, Protaku's a doja cheese. This is the top five hypest moments in anime. <laughs> Number five oh, is Eren Goes Titan from Attack on Titan. Now, this is a moment in which, if you've watched any Attack on Titan, usually what happens in these critical times is our hero is either dead or is about to die and in this con in this context in this specific moment yeah. our protagonist Aaron Yeager has just been swallowed by a titan by mm -hmm. the way, there will be spoilers in this episode. So if you don't want to hear the spoilers, turn them off. Check out our Pokemon yeah. episode or literally any other episode. That for one's sure. just my favorite so far. So moving on for all of you who just shut, uh, who just stayed on while the others leave. Um, Aaron has just been swallowed by a Titan. He looks up into the esophagus of this colossal Titan that just engulfed him. And he says, I'm going to murder all of them. I'm going to kill them all. I'm going to kill them. And then he suddenly purrs out in hand, comes right out of the Titan's mouth. He suddenly grows to a colossal size. And you realize Eren is now a Titan himself. And it is incredible as he tears this Titan from the inside out. Pax, what? <laughs> Wild. What is it? So this is, I think, one of the the most um this is one of the most hype iconic moments of attack on titan specifically for the the like emotional payoff that it represents because i think the number one feeling surrounding this as aaron is about to be fucking digested which is one of the reasons why people find the show so relatable is the sense of stolen youth mm -hmm. which is just one of the most relatable feelings in the show the symbolism is like as aaron is literally rising from the corpse of an old man that he blew up to gain his power and as he is screaming these things of, of just like, um, I, you know, I've had my life taken from me. These forces outside of my control have killed, you know, the, the people that I love, the, the, these people that were filled with so much hope and possibility. 
it it kind of represents this moment where like the the humans as like a a race are able to like have this wake up moment in this first blink of belief that they can f- actually fight back against the titans it's something where the whole show is kind of despair and death and this this just marching sense of just um uh, oppressiveness the whole time and this is the first time where where you as the viewer and the humans in the show are like we might be able to pull this off there's the barest twinkle of hope um, what, what do you what do you think about this? And not only that, that's when you realize yeah. mecha fights, mecha fights, meet mecha, meet mecha, 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 meet mecha. That's when you realize, mecha, mecha. damn, we're gonna watch some crazy kaiju fights. It's about time. Humanity has a chance because one of them can turn into a can turn into a titan himself, and he's gonna falcon punch these titans to death. And you know, this is gonna change the 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 entire storyline for the Hell rest yeah. of the show. That's why it's so cool. In this instance, like, it's great that the scouts are still working together to protect Aaron. I'm going to have an edgy take here, which is saying it's probably the most iconic moment in Attack on Titan Mm -hmm. because it's the Mm -hmm. one that changes everything. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's even close to the most hype in Attack on Titan. I think that even though this is, like, the go-to thing, I think things like Levi versus Beast Titan, some of, like, Mm -hmm. the Titan on Titan battles later, some of the the huge uh, planning and, 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 and moments from the show... It's going to take you, you know, more watching to get to those things. But those, to me, feel like really high payoff moments because very quickly after this initial moment of the Titan transformation, Aaron is kind of like, you know, mobbed and has his arms torn off and kind of collapses to the ground because he's not an expert at this stuff yet. And so, so right. I, th- I think that I would say that. Okay, I think this moment might be a little overrated. Okay, (laughs) and you know what? I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to agree with you, and I'm going to say why. The reason that it doesn't quite hit as hard as some of the moments like Levi versus the Beast Titan is because the audience doesn't really have the whole story yet. They don't have Mm. all the context yet. All they know is that, holy shit, the Protag just turned into a monster, and he's able to fight with them toe-to-toe now. But... You don't know why he's a Titan. You don't know what's going to happen next. And you don't know what the other Titans are. In fact, you don't even realize, you you think he's the only one who can do that. Right, yeah. So when you finally have all the information in the later seasons, when you finally know that like, oh shit, this is what's going on. I have all the pieces to the puzzle. I just have to put it together now. That's when moments can be at their hypest. That's when moments can be crazy. That's why the Captain Levi fight versus the Beast Titan is so awesome because they know what's going on now, and so do you. Great point, because I totally forgot at the the start of the, this when I first saw it, I felt like, oh, that's a bit that's a bit bullshit, isn't it? <laughs> like, I was like the fact that he cool. What? Yeah, no, it's cool, but like there was a sense where it was like. The, the show earned and explained why this was happening later. Sure. You know what I mean? It's, it's, it's very out of nowhere when it first happens, but when they won me over with the explanation later, but I think it's easy to, to view this and be like, okay, yeah, sure. He could just turn into it now. Fine. That's where we're going. Sure. The show, but Aaron, was- you know, Aaron didn't kill this Titan with the power of friendship. Like that's, it's not one of those moments. So, so I feel like that's, no, that's, that- that's true. That's true. So, so it, it, but it does represent an oppressively dark show taking, you know, one of these rare moments of brightness. And so for that great moment, little bit, little bit overrated. Absolutely. We got number four. Dio versus Jotaro, where the, the takedown of Dio in Stardust Crusaders. Hal, tell me a little bit why this scene is so special. This scene is so special because, so Dio, for those of you who don't know, is an immortal vampire who was the villain of season one. Season one, the very first episode mm-hmm. of season one in JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. You know he's a villain. You know that he's torturing our hero, Jonathan Joestar. 
the first Jojo right from the very beginning. And Mm -hmm. you get the feeling that he's always in the shadows after Jonathan defeats him in season one. You get the feeling that he's always kind of there. And then in season three and then season four being Stardust Crusaders, Jotaro and Dio finally meet in Egypt. They finally meet. Dio has killed two. They've responsible. Most of the main party has died. Mm -hmm. Avdol has died. Um, Kakyoin. Dio has killed Kakyoin himself. Punched him Mm -hmm. through a clock tower. uh, Or a water tower. And then, finally, right in front of Jotaro, kills Joseph Joestar, his Mm -hmm. grandfather. And you finally get this moment of, this is it. Our strongest protag against the most powerful and fearsome villain. And when that battle comes to its climax, the stop time at the very end, and Dio is finally defeated, that is a culmination of over a century of battle. Yeah. A century yeah. of him tormenting the Joe Star bloodline. A century. And just like fucking with these guys, trying to kill them, trying to become the most trying to become the ultimate predator. And Joe Terrell's like, nah. Star Platinum. And then that's it. That's the whole show. And you're finally there like, ah, he's done. He's finally dead. He's dead for sure. He's gone. Over. Absolutely. Now, I think the key thing here, though, is build up because this is something where Mm -hmm. you need to watch like, you know, what, 50 hours of JoJo's to get to this moment. Mm -hmm. You know, and some of these other iconic moments come way earlier in the runtime. I think all of our other things on this list, you you get to it pretty quick in the the series, which is why it leaves such a big impact. Mm -hmm. But um, that that might not be true. We'll we'll get along. But um, what I love about this is the hype is just a, the fight is just as hype and bullshit as I remember. It's something mm-hmm. where because you remember these great these great reversals in JoJo's where like um, Dio stops time with the iconic Zawaruda, <laughs> which is just like oh the best. Dio's voice actor is the best in anime. The best. And as he stops time when he lines up the thousand knives around yeah. JoJo, and JoJo's JoJo is like the way he gets out of it is he's like oh well I've stuffed my <laughs> jacket filled with newspapers and magazine and yet not nearly enough because he still gets stabbed to death by like 90 instead of 900 right right, <laughs> it's, right. Like, it's nuts um um and and like later on uh he needs to convince like uh dio he's dead so he could get a good shot on him and so like how he goes to do it is he stops his own heart with his stand which is like insane it's like the, the biggest jojo dream he's, he's like i know what i'll logic. do kill myself and then come <laughs> back to life so I can punch him. That's yes. what he did. That is what yes. he did. And and so it combines all that great dream logic of JoJo's that you love of just like, where did that come from? But you can't beat like, me if I'm dead. It's <laughs> basically <laughs> what Jotaro said. <laughs> it's so right. But like, because it, he, he earns the final reveal that he can do the time stop at the end. Uh, some people have rightfully criticized as like, you know, a, a, a little bullshit, quite frankly, a little bullshit. Um, but it it still earns it in the sense that it's built up like the genealogy, the sense that like um, it was it was Dio who created all these stands through his like merging of the the bloodline. He like awoken he awoke these things in people, and because he had the old body, he he, he had like uh, the original JoJo's body. It's, some, it's something where. It allowed me to like squid just enough to be like, I'm fine with it. It's just yeah. everything about this fight is so cool. I'm going to say perfectly rated. I'm going to say perfectly rated. It lives rated up now. to the hype. Also, the moment right before they fight, those lines, oh, you're approaching me? Yeah. And he says, I can't beat the shit out of you without getting closer. Those <laughs> lines are the best startup to any anime fight I've ever watched. 
ever. Ever. Absolutely, absolutely, and for the longest time, JoJo did not get the respect that like most other anime did. Like most other big anime, it was the one where like you were still a little weird if you knew no knew JoJo's. Mm-hmm. But I'm gonna say it's at the point now where JoJo's is just as mainstreamed as everything else. I think mm-hmm. it has finally reached the point it deserved after like three decades uh, of publication. Shout out JoJo's, perfectly earned, perfectly rated, Ding! perfectly rated, absolutely. Number three on our list, and my personal favorite, the thing that got me hooked on anime mm. as a wee babe, a weeb uh, babe, a weeb babe. <laughs> this is the moment in Dragon Ball Z where Gohan finally goes Super Saiyan two in the Perfect Cell Saga. Mm. This moment for me, I cried, I cried in this fight and, and and you know you can call it a moment you can call it you can't watch the whole fight and call it a moment because the fight ultimately ends up being like three hours long of real time i'm not talking about the fight though i'm talking about the moment he transforms the moment 16's head gets crushed under cell's mm. foot and cell's just like well you could have done something but you choked so he's dead and gohan like has this internal monologue of being like 16, you gave everything for life. You died for it, and you were just an android. I can't do that anymore. I feel it slipping. And then you like, you hear something flash like inside him. And he's like, and I won't watch this anymore. <laughs> and he like blows yeah. up. Yeah. And you get this explosion of energy that literally levels the entire battlefield. And when the smoke clears, his hair is suddenly even spikier than before. And he's got electricity <laughs> coursing all across him. He is a jacked motherfucking 11 year old. And Cell's just like, ho ho. So this is the best you can do. And then Gohan bodies him. Yeah. Bodies him. That is why I think it's one of the most hype moments in Dragon Ball Z, period, packs. No, I think for sure. And you could say that, like, the spirit bomb might be more iconic. Um, sure. Uh, but, but I honestly think that this is the one that embodies DBZ the best. And yes. I think is, is one where, like, if you're a DBZ head, this is probably the fight you go to. Um, especially because this, this, this does that great job of finally emphasizing the shift to, like, uh, an almost, like, ensemble show where, like, other people get the chance to, you know, defeat the big bad. And I think at the end, it's like, it doesn't, Vegeta is, like, distracting Cell during, like, the They're final blast. They're all and, distracting Cell. So what happens yeah. is Goku sacrifices himself. Cell's about to blow himself up and take the planet with him. Goku's like, mm, well, not much we can do. So he instant mm. transmissions himself to King Kai's planet. Cell blows up, kills all of them. And then he comes back. He regrows from a single cell off in the North Galaxy somewhere. And is like, and suddenly I realized I had Goku's instant transmission ability. And so mm. I teleported back to Earth to fuck your shit. And he appears and then everyone fights him. Yamcha, Tien, Krillin. Piccolo, yeah. all fighting him as Gohan and Cell clash in this the longest beam struggle of Dragon Ball. The longest beam struggle ever. And then Vegeta comes in at the end with one big bang, distracts him, and Gohan takes that moment and disintegrates him. Hell so, yeah. Hype. What do you think? So, so Overrated or cl- underrated? Classic um, classic music here too. There's like crazy vaporwave synth right before the final, like cell, the final beam blast. Um, cell getting disintegrated is one of the most satisfying things ever. The only downside is that it's hard to call this fight a moment when the full Gohan vs. Cell fight is around two hours and 15 minutes long. Oh, like, that's what I was is, saying. This still has the DBZ thing of like being st- yeah. so stretched yeah, out. And I just gotta yeah. bring it up. I gotta yeah, bring it up. No, you're not wrong. You're not mo- wrong. Because modern tastes have moved on. And yet, True. I will say, 
I'm going to call this underrated. I'm going to call okay. this moment underrated. Thank you. Ju- just because like you got to respect the elders here and and it is a little unfair to judge like older things by like modern production standards especially. Mm-hmm. And so I think this moment especially I think TBZ is kind of hard to get into for for some newer homies. So is like One Piece, which is why, kind of spoiler alert, One Piece is not on this list. It has, I think, some of the hypest moments in manga ever. Ton of iconic moments there. But their like iconic hype moments are like more emotional than like the big final punch. And so um, I'm going to say underrated. I think more people need to respect Gohan going Super Saiyan 2. Uh, what you. about you? I will agree with you. I also think it's underrated and I'm not biased at all. Nope, I am not. <laughs> well, you were in the hidden, the hidden leaf headband today, not the, not the, the, the DBZ, you know, trainer. So uh, I, I, I do have the DBZ trainer outfit. I'm not wearing it, but I, I had to represent Konoha today. <laughs> I had to represent the hidden leaf village. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. So I got to give the next one. So we've agreed underrated for that. Uh, this next one. Oh, it's so good. Mm. All Might versus All for One. More specifically, the moment. The United States of Smash. Yes, so All Might versus All for One. The United States of Smash. So uh, this is going to be number two on our list, and we're bringing some more modern stuff here. You know, we're not that old, guys. Yeah, guys, we're, stop it. We're we're very cowabunga. Extremely with it, kids. Uh, so... <laughs> So United States of Smash, the whole buildup to this is absolutely amazing because the villain, um, All for One and and All Might have had this constant struggle and, and at this point All for One's been built up to this like mythical status and has collected so many different quirks from different people that he's just like busting out all kinds of crazy shit. Like the most overpowered stuff that you could think of, just like boom, 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 absolutely just unearned stolen strength. And I love that like the whole B plot here is, I think this is still where it was like his Bakugo going to join the League of Villains as um as Deku is like flying out of the sky to get out of there. And Bakugo does that insane like backwards jump where he explodes mm-hmm. into the sky. Like it's so cool. It's so cool. Um, and so the B plot is them escaping is great. It's not, I like that they don't just have person per person matchup like is kind of like the old style in these shows. Well, and, and what's really great about this moment is because they're not allowed to fight the villains. They are not yeah. allowed to fight them or they will be breaking the law. And so they have to make this plan to be like, okay, how can we escape the ultimate bad guy, stop him from noticing us, who has every superpower ever, and yeah. not fight? How do we do that? Yeah. And I will say that That's this cool. is the... This is like the most, I think the most iconic fight in in My Hero, and I think it is just deserved. I think it's like the best, because this is kind of the moment where All Might is battling against his limits. There's like a big lore dump in the middle about who previously held the power, but this is the first time the public sees sick All Might. This is the first time that All Might has to really like give up parts of himself to like fight and sustain huge damage. It's very like... It's very DBZ because All Might used to kind of present the very like shonen spirit of like individualism where it's like I am this one thing that's going to hold everything together and I think the whole like spirit of my hero is challenging that but this is the point where it's everybody almost like spirit bomb style giving him his power saying like All Might All Might please you got to do it do it for the streets All Might you got to come on man <laughs> and and the final United States of Smash at the end man this is just some shit we're like there's no way as an American you can't think this is hype as fuck he's just like United States of Smash fuck oh god hits him so, so hard he detonates an entire city block 
Yeah. Um, and, and just for context here, when All Might makes an attack, and you may have heard this in one of our yeah. previous episodes, it's usually like, Missouri smash, Texas smash, Brooklyn ball buster. And um, they all end. <laughs> Tennessee <laughs> titty third, twister. Like. <laughs> not the third, not those ones. They right, all right. end with like a state and then the word smash. And so yeah. when he's like, oh, okay, what state, what state's he going to break out with this right hook? Yeah. You realize, yeah. uh-uh, it's not one state. It's not even two states. It's all 50 motherfucking states. The United States. Of motherfucking plus fuck Guam, you. plus Puerto Rico, you yes. can, he brings out that power too. Yes, like. yes, yes, yes. And he <laughs> hits him with a right hook so hard that it levels a city block. Yeah, this is as 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 as, as a podcast that is often challenged, kind of like American political imperial power. It's kind of hard for me to say that this almost made me a little patriotic to see this. It Japanese did a little bit. I was like, word, I know. Word. <laughs> I was like, oh my All gosh, right. am I going to pick up a flag here? <laughs> but like that flag is for All Might, dude. Like, oh, United. Dude, so what do you think, smash. man? This, this is hype as hell. What, what what's your rating for this? I, I don't think I could rate that moment high enough because I watched it in yeah. both the sub and then I was like, no, I want to hear Christopher Sabat do this. I want to hear the dub. Mm-hmm. Listen to the dub, and I was like, it is still just as cool in the yeah. dub. There was no moment yeah. where I'm like, Ugh. like no, it is awesome. No matter how you listen to it. And so I gotta say, it's it's up there. If it's not at least as hype as we say it is, it's underrated then because it's so cool. Yeah, absolutely. I think that you know this is this is the our number one is going to be immediately like a, a no brainer for like, everyone uh, who's listening to this who's yeah. like over twenty. Right. But I think that this is the same level of hype for the like twenty and under crowd for whom my hero was like their first big like shown in like oh where they felt the high of the battles. Mm-hmm. So um, I'm gonna say perfectly rated. Boop. We love this. We love United States of Smash. Now, can you hit us off with our final Brotaku's number one most hype moments in Shonen anime? What is it, brother? Our number one most hype moment in anime is The Hidden Lotus Rock Lee versus Gara in Naruto. This is one of the coolest fights. I've ever seen. And not because of the explosive power behind it, not because of like the crazy reversals that are, you know, uh, typical for JoJo's, not even like an amazing beam struggle like in Dragon Ball. No, it is because we have a character that is a huge underdog, Rock Lee, mm-hmm. who cannot do ninjutsu or genjutsu. He can only do taijutsu, which, to clarify, means he's really good at punching and kicking, and that's yeah. it. That's what he does. Whereas Gara is a literal, um, he is a um what is the word what is the word what is the word demon baby he's he a, he has one of the tailed beasts he's got the spirit of the chibi boopu yeah he has the two-tailed sand beast shikaku locked up yeah. inside him which means he is able to control sand all, all sand he can just control oh, it's the, it the, the jinshiriki the jinshiriki jinshiriki thank you he is jinshiriki. the jinshiriki of the two-tailed beast um, which means he, he literally has never raised a finger to fight somebody because sand itself protects him. And he's going against a guy who only does punches and kickies. That's it. And the moment, the reason this moment is so special is because it is so emotional for Rock Lee. It is yeah. so emotional. He has spent his entire life building to beat somebody else, not even Gara, but Gara is the one thing standing between him and facing Neji later in the tune in exams. And, Oh my god, I get so emotional because it doesn't even end the way you think. Yeah, because Gar is probably the strongest member of the tournament, right? I think that like he is probably, the strongest. 
like by far because no one wanted to fight him everyone was scared to fight him because he literally murdered a man off stage before he went on the field yeah because every time naruto needs like a cup of like a cup of like power like a little cup of sugar you know power thing from his like nine tails he needs to go inside himself and have a monologue where naruto will be like fox demon i need to have i need to get the power and fox demon will just be like yeah, like if you give me your soul, sure. And Naruto will be like, no, I just, uh, just some, please. And like, and it has to have a dramatic thing. Whereas like, whereas like, Gara's the, 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 the Slytherin type dude. He is the guy who is in complete agreement with his, his sand spirit. Cause the sand spirit's just like, yeah, I guess we'll just kill everybody that we need. And Gara's like, yeah, sounds good to me, man. <laughs> you know, it's just very edgelord, but the fight. Yeah, extremely of like bring- edgelord. Because, they, okay, well, did we, the, the main hype moment, the iconic So the main thing. hype moment, yeah. the main hype moment, I digress, I went on a tangent. The main hype moment is when Guy Sensei, Rock Lee's trainer and Sensei says, all right, Lee, take him off. And everyone's like, take what off? As Rock Lee is like, but Guy Sensei, are you sure? You said that was only appropriate in times when someone's life is in danger or in a certain condition. And Guy's like, that's right, I did. And this is an exception. He's like, oh, and he reaches down. He un, he lifts up his pant leg and there are weights tied to his ankles. And you're like, oh, okay. Classic Dragon Ball moment where like weighted gi wearing the and moment in order to increase They even comment on that. They're like, oh, that's a bit cliche. That yeah, they're like, that's a little on. old fashioned guy. Yeah. Okay. But sure, whatever. It works for him. And Rockley's been extremely fast this whole fight. He's been running yeah. circles around Gara. He just couldn't get a hit in because of the sand. Rock Lee pulls these weights up and he's like, ah, that is much better. Now I can move freely. And everyone's just like, yeah, whatever. Like he's going to hit Gara just by taking off a couple pounds of weight. He drops the weights and they go through the stone tournament, through the ground, like into the center of the earth. And everyone's like, daddy's better. Now I will be able to move freely. Come on. You really think you'll be able to get through Gara's defenses just by dropping a couple of pounds of weight? The huge cloud of debris everywhere. Oh, dude, go, 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 go. Hey, those were heavier than I thought. And Guy's like, all right, go for it, Lee. And he's like, okay, and disappears, vanishes, and moves like Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog and just beats the living shit out of Gara. So, so crazy. Not only that, he is so fast on the weights, he awakens a hidden power in himself, the eight gates, in which he essentially Kaiokens himself into a higher state of power. Yeah. He beats Gara so badly, so badly, while shattering his own bones, like Midoriya style, shattering his this own has bones. Gotta be, this, is, this has got to be the main inspiration, I think, yes. for like Midoriya. Like has this, to be. The, the Rock Lee character. Because... For context, the more gates he opens inside himself, which are chakra releases, mm-hmm. the more damage he does to himself. He's literally shattering his own arms and legs while he punches Gara and kicks yeah. him. He beats Gara. Gara's in the ground, in a crater. Rock Lee's legs are broken. He cannot move his other arm. He's like, whoo, glad that's over. And Gara's like, absolutely not. Sand coffin. And then just breaks, shatters multiple bones in his body, and he loses. That's it. He loses, mm-hmm. and he stands back up, unconscious, unconscious. Bro ain't even awake. He stands up and is like, come on, come on. Yeah, oh, opening the fifth so gate. Good. So this is, this is the iconic moment of Naruto, for It is sure. a moment that when you think Naruto, when you're talking about, oh, have you seen Naruto? Yeah. And everyone's like, yeah, you're like, you know, you know. And they're when like, you know, oh, if you know, you yeah. know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you know, yeah, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. 
This has got to be it. So, so yeah, definitely the main thing here is the huge story payoff. You know, he was always the go-to person for me when I was like a kid imagining ninja powers. I did not want to be Naruto. I did not want to be Sasuke. I thought I wanted well, to be I'm Sasuke. Rock-like. I wanted to be Sasuke. That reads. That is exactly, <laughs> that totally reads. But um, the the idea of the dude who you know, like, hey, I have no access to magical powers, but the 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 like dream of well, if I do enough running or push ups and f- and fighting and stuff, like I can get to that level is something where like as a kid that thought was so intoxicating. It's probably one of the reasons I fought a ton as a kid. But <laughs> but it's also like um, uh, Pax was getting in fights on the street corner by the candy shop trying to unlock the hidden gate. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit, yep. I have the power of God and anime on my side. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it. That's exactly it. So it, while while it did inspire, you know, multiple uh, multiple fights, it also inspired like a, a huge, you know, soul uplifting moment of just like this is what anime is. Is this moment? Um, let's. If I'm the most critical. I don't know that the animation in, in Naruto always holds up to modern standards. Absolutely not. It doesn't. I. It, but is that I, what we're talking about? Is that what we're talking about? Um, I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I just think it, it needs to be mentioned here because it, it, it's its fundamentals are great. Like every time that you see that um, whenever they do hand-to-hand combat, it's animated like really tastefully, like as if they studied almost like how actual hand-to-hand fighting works and, and, and blocks and kind of grapples. They Naruto has always had a great sense of physicality in that sense. Some of the moments are not like, they just don't have the techniques that, you know, modern uh, animators did or the time and budget. But it's also like, I, do, I don't know how you can besmirch this moment like considering the weight with which this impacted everything you know like we wouldn't have had united states of smash in that whole fucking show if it weren't for that and i believe like my hero's um uh one of his the, the mangaka's first creations was like a a uh one piece like fan drawing so so yeah. the, the the sense of lineage is like so huge in anime you know the, the standing on the shoulders of the people who came before you so absolutely and it's Absolutely. also like, even the way, though the Waitrop moment is hype, it's so good that you brought up the gates because this fight goes on and the gate moments are almost as hype as the Waitrop moments and it has hype moment after hype moment and the helplessness that you feel is almost very attack on Titan as he's, you know, trying to struggle against this unbeatable force. It's just so classic. So, so what do you think as we look at this, this, this moment, what, where does it land in your heart? I've watched this fight so many times. I know exactly what's going to happen every time. And every time it happens, I'm like, God, this is so fucking cool. This is yeah. so cool. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's just incredible. I, I looked at multiple lists, top 20 uh-huh. lists for yeah. like most hype anime moments in the last decade. Mm-hmm. That moment was not on there. It was not on there for no. a few of them. Oh, yep. oh wait, wait, but last decade, I don't know if this was the last decade. But hang on, but hang oh, okay. on. You know what was on there? What? the final fight of Naruto versus Sasuke hmm. that was on there. And what that makes me think is I'm like, sure, it all built up to that. Right. But, but, I don't know. Didn't, didn't hit me the same way. Didn't pull Not my heartstrings the same way. Not so I'm, I'm going to say that this moment stands up as a, a smaller moment in the beginning of Naruto, but it's still, that's what you remember. That's a moment yeah. you remember. Even when you go through Shippuden, even when you go watch other shows, it's per- it's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. So so underrated, overrated, perfectly rated. Underrated. Underrated still? Under I still think it's underrated. If if it's not on a top 20 list, Fair enough. Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I'll stand behind that. Everybody respect your elders, respect Naruto. We'll respect say, Rock even Lee, with all man. The, 
we'll say even even all with all the hype if if you put naruto versus sasuke above this then you are underrating this okay this is the go-to this is the goat so i guess our vertical b underrated underrated for this shit absolutely and so with that we have concluded the top five hypest moments in anime. We have number five, Eren goes Titan and Attack on Titan. Number four, Jotaro vs. Dio and Dio's death and Stardust Crusaders. Number three, Gohan goes Super Saiyan 2 vs. Perfect Cell. Number two, All Might vs. All for One. And number one, Rock Lee vs. Gara. This is the Brotaku's list of the top five hypest moments in Shonen anime. So, um, Absolutely. And if you agree with us, if you don't agree with us, yeah. if you hate us, if you love us for this... Let us know. Tell us. We want to hear from you. Absolutely. Even if it's not very nice, we'll shoot back. We'll clap back. We'll have a great old time. Hit us up with your top five. Hit us up with your opinions on our top five list. And uh, maybe we'll get a little uh, talk going. Yeah, maybe we'll get a talk. Yeah, definitely DM DM us. Hit us up on, on Twitter, Fachibuke. We got our email in the description. Um, Because... If we ever put together a kind of like like top 10 moments ever in anime, or if we want to do some more deep cuts or underappreciated moments, let us know what our eyes should be on because we will give it we will give it the smoke it deserves. We will we will we will we will blow it up. Absolutely. Um, absolutely. So with that said, I think that's a good place to leave. Are you ready to take us out, brother? Everyone, thank you all so much for listening. If you liked what you heard or what you saw today, please give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. Check out our YouTube channel. Review us on your favorite podcasting app, Twitter, Instagram. We got them all. We got them all. Check out our website as well. If you uh, need the links, check out our Facebook page. It really does make a difference, and every review counts. Yep. We'll if you're looking to, to start your own pot, if you're looking to start uh, your own podcast, in the description we have affiliate links for Squadcast, which is the uh, video and sound recording software we use, and also affiliate links for Pinecast, which is the hosting service we use. If you have any questions about stuff like that, hit us mm-hmm. up because we must simp for our podcast sugar daddies. We need Absolutely. to we need to give them smoke. We couldn't Absolutely. do it without them. <laughs> All right, everybody. With that, I'm Hal. I'm Pax. And we're the Bro Takus. We'll see you next week, guys. See you next week, y'all. Bye.